WrestleMania 37 preview podcast. Levi Peckinpah in studio, joined by Sam, the man Henderson. No relation to Becky Lynch, but Sam, how you doing today, man? It feels so mel. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing good, uh, Levi. How are you, man? I you know, man. It's just another day in paradise. I had to make sure I passed the rule test before he came in here, and it is talking is optional. Uh, suplexes are mandatory. So that means someone's going to get a belly-to-belly before we get out of here. Suplex City, baby. Yeah, and unfortunately, Brock's not in a match this year, uh, from what we know, unless something random happens. But most lo- likely, no Brock Lesnar appearing. But there's so many matches that not only did they had to split WrestleMania into two nights, and they're also going based off of what happened with WrestleMania 36, which was a great idea to go two nights, and I hope that's the format from here on out. But also, some matches have been moved to the SmackDown before, so we'll also talk about those a little bit. But we got a lot of matches to hit, so we better get going. We'll start with the SmackDown matches. Start with the SmackDown Tag Team title match, as you have the champions in Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler going up against Alpha Academy with Chad Gable and Otis. I I still hate that heavy, Heavy Machinery broke up over... Instead of just using the money in the bank title or the money in the bank to get the tag team titles, that's still dumb to me. Uh, the Mysterios and the Street Profits. It's going to be a fatal four way for the tag titles. And weirdly enough, not only for this match, but it seems like for a lot of the Mania matches, people are losing titles this year. That's what a lot of Vegas odds have. And I think in this match, I, I assume that Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode will not be walking out with their tag team titles. Well, talking about the match itself, I think Bruce Pritchard, the guy who who uh, books SmackDown, I think he uh, got to looking at his tag division. He's like, man, we don't have a WrestleMania match for these guys. How many teams do we have? Let's see. One, two, three, four. I got it. Fatal four-way on SmackDown for the titles. I, I just don't think it was, uh, it was very imaginative what they did for this match. But, I mean, obviously, fatal four-way, more likely to see a uh, championship switch, I think, the last time there was a fatal four-way tag match, WrestleMania week would have been uh, this would have been WrestleMania 34, maybe 35, when the Bludgeon Brothers yeah. uh, won the SmackDown tag titles. So it does have a history of titles changing hands and fatal four-way tag matches around this time of the year. So mm-hmm. uh, as for who I think is going to win, I I mean the Street Profits have already had their time. Rude and Ziggler don't really do anything for me. The Mysterios are just kind of lost in the shuffle right now. Right. I'm going to say Alpha Academy. I think they have something going on here. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Alpha Academy. I could also understand since Rey Mysterio re-signed with WWE just a while ago, and of course now with his son there, and it's still weird that his son is so much bigger than him, but I could understand maybe wanting to go with that little sentimental pick since it's going to be the SmackDown before WrestleMania. They aren't going to get that big WrestleMania payday, but you could see one of the most historically liked guys in wrestling history and one of the the best luchadors in wrestling history in Rey Mysterio and his son get the tag titles. That'd be a cool little moment. But I just think with what is going on and with the recent heel turn, it makes too much sense for Alpha Academy to get the tag titles. Yeah, I mean... I think that the dynamic is there between mm-hmm. Otis and Chad Gable, but now that you bring it up, I could definitely see the Mysterios coming away with the titles. It's like maybe a, a one-week reign type right. thing, kind of a feel-good, like they did with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think that was WrestleMania 35. Or just was with Zack Ryder's career yeah, in general. Yeah, exactly. So I could definitely see the Mysterios, because I've seen that Ray has talked about how his dream now is to win the tag titles with his son. So mm-hmm. they might just do that to get that out of the way. Right. Or, who knows, they might just go basic, have Ziggler and Rude retain uh, they don't really do anything for me, like I said, but they don't do anything in general. There's a lot of different avenues this match can go, but I my gut feeling is Alpha Academy as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a good good place to run with both of those. Now we'll go to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, a match that if you look back in history, the majority of the winners go on to do basically nothing with that. You you've had some pushes for Cesaro, for Baron Corbin, nothing really for the big show, but besides that, there's nothing much that it that goes with that type of award. But with the participants of this match, from at least what I have seen, there's at least 22. There could be more by the time uh, SmackDown ends up rolling out. But from what is announced, it's Akira Tozawa, Angel Garza, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Elias, Eric from the Viking Experience, War Raiders, whatever you go with the name of them. Uh, then you also have Grand Metalik, Humberto Carrillo, Jackson Riker, then you have Jay Uso, Kalisto, King Corbin, Lince Dorado, 
Mace, Murphy, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, Slapjack T-Bar, and Tucker. Oh, that's uh, that's a rough lineup. <laughs> Listen, Andre the Giant Battle Royals have historically, maybe since the first one, had a had a rougher lineup where they just throw everybody who's not on the card into that one. But this one might be the lowest amount of star power for a match of this type I've seen ever mm-hmm. in any iterations of the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah, it is very, very rough pickings because there's about two or three guys where you can say, oh, I can go with them winning, and then the rest are pretty much fodder. I, it, it's mainly Jay Uso, Shinsuke Nakamura, and I mean maybe Mustafa, but maybe Mustafa. And honestly, you could uh, go with anybody else from Retribution and like break them out from Retribution. Like whichever one of these is Dominic Dijakovic. I don't know. I don't remember which name he's under. I think it's Slapjack. I, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was Mace. That I thought that was uh, Dio Madden. Oh no! Wait, yeah, that is Dio. Madden. And then one of them is Shane Thorne, but yeah. I I don't Shane, I don't know I don't keep up with them either. I don't either. But Shane Thorne is just one of those guys who's always been fodder in WWE, yeah. so he's so he doesn't matter. So I'm gonna go whichever the members of Retribution is. Dominic Dijakovic, he wins that, breaks out of it. I would say that Monday night, the next Monday Night Raw, where usually you shake things up and then you send him uh, immediately against whoever wins the United States Champion at WrestleMania. Now I'm going to tell you who I want to win mm-hmm. and then who I think will win, Levi, because okay. I'm a big Ricochet guy. And I wish, I wish, 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 wish they'd give the win to Ricochet and actually do something with him. Uh, the fact that they're wasting his talent is an absolute travesty in my mind. But if I'm going with who I actually think will win, who I'm putting in my FanDuel, excuse mm-hmm. me, DraftKings, uh, WrestleMania predictor pool or whatever that they're doing this year, yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, Jey Uso, yeah. uh, just off of his association with Roman Reigns. I think the final two will be Jey Uso and maybe Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could go either way there, but I'll, I'll, my gut feeling tells me Jey Uso. Yeah, let me correct mine a little bit because mine is what I want to happen. I want an actual good storyline to come out of this, but if you got to be realistic with it, Jey Uso is the best fit for that, especially with you with trying to build up the Samoan dynasty thing. And Plus, this would be a good opportunity if Jimmy Uso is healthy, to maybe slide him yeah. in and maybe say, oh, help, maybe uh, an extra super kick to Shinsuke Nakamura to kick him out of the ring for the final, and then you bring back both the Usos, and then you got the tag team ready to take over the division because there's nothing else there. So I, I assume Jay would also be a very great pick for that. But now let's move over to WrestleMania 37. I guess we can consider it night one because there's way too many matches here. Yep. But this will be in no particular order, but let's start off with the women's tag team, I guess, qualifier match, the tag team turmoil match, where there's several teams in there from uh, Lana and Naomi uh, against uh, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus uh, Natalia and Tamita. And from what has been leaked, but most likely will get announced on SmackDown, Billy Kay versus Carmella, or Billy Kay and Carmella will also be a tag team there. Uh, out of all of these people, uh, first of all, the winner of this match will then on night two take on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the women's tag team title. I, I all these teams have been so poorly booked. I really don't don't think it matters. But and, and thrown together outside yeah. of the Riot Squad, all of these are just two single stars that the bookers are like, you know what, they look good as a team together. Exactly. <laughs> but let me first say that I'm just so glad that there will be a live wrestling cl- crowd mm-hmm. there to you know gauge actual crowd reactions to some yes. of these acts because we haven't really had that in over a year like we don't know if people what people really think of bobby lashley we yes. don't know if people really wanted the hurt business to be broken up mm-hmm. that's for later in the episode but i'm just going to be so glad to hear natural crowd reactions for the first time in so long of a sizable crowd i know yes. AEW's tried it uh with smaller groups but uh to have what twenty thousand something like that in uh in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium will be really nice. Raymond James is what I was trying to think of. But let's be realistic. How many of these tag teams are actually going to get a reaction? Yeah, that's what I was leading to. I was like, well, it'll be probably crickets for this match. But uh, if I had to pick a winner, this is really just, it could be any of them, honestly. Mm -hmm. I will go just based off of that they're an actual team and say Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot uh, to take on Shayna Baszler and Nijax. That's what I want to happen, and that's what I think will happen. I think for the full circle of redemption, and it's me pulling at tiny little straws, for Lana to get her full redemption, yes, she was put the, through the table for basically two months by Nia Jax and eventually got her revenge by putting Nia Jax through a table. But for the full circle, it would be to take the titles off of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler 
and then make Shayna Baszler a single star, please, she can rule the division. But I'm going to go uh, with Lana and Naomi based on that's the only thread of storyline that you could use. Yep, that, ma- that does make sense now that you say that. But it's, it's literally the only little thread that they have. Besides that, it doesn't really matter. But let's move on to another match where really it doesn't matter. This was thrown together because you needed Braun Strowman to have a match. And for some reason, his track record with matches at WrestleMania is terrible. He usually wins the majority of them. If not, he's won all of them. But they're usually bad matches from the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royale or whether it was taking on uh, the bar whenever it was Nicholas. Or yep. well, you at least beat Goldberg for the Universal Title. But that was not meant to happen. <laughs> no, nah, that wasn't meant to happen. That was supposed to be Roman Reigns. But honestly, that worked out for the better because then you got the Tribal Chief. But Braun Strowman will be taking on Shane McMahon in a steel cage match, and I'm gonna be honest, I really could care less for this match. It's again another one of those where it doesn't do anything for me, and I don't think it does anything for anybody because it's been a whole match based around like, oh, Braun's so stupid, yeah, and that's the whole premise. And I think to go with that, I think I got to pick Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on on the fact that this match is just kind of randomly thrown together. Definitely yeah. no long term planning involved in this. Uh, what I think this match will do if Shane McMahon wins is this is just devastating for Braun's stock. I mean, yeah. if he's losing to Shane McMahon on the biggest stage of them all, where does he go from there? But uh, so I, mm-hmm. in my gut, I think Braun Strowman will win to at least have him have something of note coming out of Mania to say that he beat Shane McMahon. But I mm-hmm. think the biggest note I want to make with this match is what is it with Shane McMahon where he's like, he's talking to Vince, he's probably like, hey, man, I, I can wrestle this year at WrestleMania. And Vince is like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just we'll put you in a singles match with somebody. And Shane's like, you know what, no, I want to do it in a cage. <laughs> Shane, it seems like every year at WrestleMania, Shane is in a cage match. Yeah. Or, I mean, think the, the last time he did it was like Hell in a Cell with a Taker at 32. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, let me rephrase that he's always in gimmick matches i've yeah because he did a uh what last man standing with the miz at uh wrestlemania 35 yeah so shane is just he can't be happy with a normal wrestling match and think about it in that matchup versus the miz where it should have been the miz wins yeah. and then you move on to a different storyline uh shane O'Mac won that and then i'm pretty sure they did a couple more matches and yeah. and truly did not need to happen i think this is going to be the same case of where really the storyline just started popping up and since it just started, I think they're going to draw it out just a little bit more when it definitely shouldn't be. But hopefully they ended at Extreme Rules, which i that's the usual paper, pay-per-view after WrestleMania. So yep. I assume that's where they ended. I'm going to give it as since they've been building up. Oh, is Braun so stupid? He's going to do some stupid thing of like, I don't know, maybe you, you go back and do a little throwback to uh, Bobby Lashley versus Umaga. And you literally just uh, you have uh, someone get thrown through the cage and literally get popped the wall out and just Shane just rolls out for yeah. a victory and making Braun look like an idiot. Your biggest hope for this match is Shane just taking a, an insane bump. That, yeah. That's all I can say. From the top, just give me an elbow to Braun that Braun kicks out at like one and you get a pop out of me. Yeah. But let's move on to another. This might be the like show stealer of the whole event. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This is a match where it's two of the best wrestlers in the WWE and they have not been in the main event. I mean, Cesaro's never been in the main event ever. And Seth, of course, is a perennial main event guy, which now since he's moved down to the Messiah role, is still going to be working his way back up. But, I mean, this is going to be fun, and I can see it going either way. My gut and my hope and prayer is that it's Cesaro taking the victory because then you could launch him up to potentially go up against Roman Reigns if you want that to be a starting feud because I'm – or if you want or whoever's going to be the WWE champion, but Roman Reigns also makes sense because him, uh, Cesaro, and Shinsuke were fighting for a good cha- good chunk of change before the before WrestleMania, so you could do something there. But this could be launching Cesaro into the main event stratosphere, but it really wouldn't surprise me because of the role Seth Rollins plays for WWE that he could be taking the win here. Yeah, this is Cesaro's first singles match at WrestleMania, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So I'm excited for that as a personal Cesaro fan. Yes. But I can't see Vince McMahon booking Cesaro to beat Seth Rollins cleanly, at least. Yes. So it's either going to be a screwy finish or Seth Rollins is going to win cleanly just because Vince loves Seth that much mm-hmm. and for some reason just does not like Cesaro. But I do think this will be the match of the night. Yeah, this has a lot of potential. If If – if Vince is smart, this match goes about 30 minutes, and we can all just sit back, watch popcorn as Cesaro tries to swing Seth Rollins about 100 times. 
and then we all just after the like 50th we all kind of we kind of throw open our mouths a little bit because like you swing that many times like somebody's going to be extremely dizzy yeah but that'll be in a, a fun match uh let's move on to the new day versus aj styles and and almost for uh the wwe raw tag team titles kind of thrown together a little bit which you would also figure with the caliber of aj styles and what he was going on with the gimmick of basically being undefeated for the ha- first half of like moving from SmackDown to Raw, he was undefeated for such a long time and almost was basically his heavy to make sure he stayed undefeated. And then for the past couple weeks, he's ate like three losses in a row, which is very shocking. But I'm one of those guys that the New Day without Big E, it feels kind of stale. I mean, it's felt stale for a lot of people for such a long time. But you also got to give a lot of good graces for what Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston have done in the long run for the New Day and how they've been big pioneers for the tag team division that is pretty much non-existent right now on both Raw and SmackDown. But I think to give AJ Styles another big WrestleMania moment, because it feels weird if you don't give another rushed match like this, if you don't give the tag titles to AJ, it just feels weird. And why would you book something like this where... It's another situation where if you don't give it to AJ Styles, you've booked yourself in a corner and you've lessened the stock of AJ. Yeah, I, I think they'll put the title on AJ and, and almost. Is that how you say it? Almost. Yes. Uh, it, it always confuses me, but <laughs> I think that this this match is meant to, to kind of elevate almost, you know, put him on a big stage. But I've heard reports that his training is not coming along like a lot of officials yeah. would have liked it to. So I think they might hide him a lot in this match, just let AJ Styles be the workhorse. But mm-hmm. ultimately, a New Day retention of the titles, I don't think would really do anything for anyone involved. Yeah. In fact, it would hurt Styles and almost. So I, I think that the uh, the challengers are going to come away, come away with the titles here. Yeah, if WWE is smart, they keep the New Day together, but have these guys start going after singles titles again. You can have Kofi go after the WWE title or... or a, after the u.s title but have these guys back in the mid card would be a lot better for both of them because they've held the tag team titles for so long that they might be part of the reason why they feel a little little stale but also they have no tag team so you have no choice but to keep almost an aj versus the new day for basically the next five months so they're most likely keep it together but i would really like to see like xavier woods going after the u.s title and kofi hopefully not fighting each other for it, but I would really like to see those guys together going after some mid-card titles or the WWE title, but we know they're staying in the tag team scene for a good chunk of time. But now let's move on to the the match with the easiest result to call, but I'm very interested to see how Bad Bunny and Damian Priest yeah. will do against The Miz and John Morrison, just because now with celebrities and how they're doing in wrestling from Shaq with AEW for for at least getting a power bomb and a big bump in through a table, or Pat McAfee for destroying NXT down there. I'm very interested to see how Bad Bunny's going to do, and from what uh, training, from what uh, the reports are of how training's been looking for Bad Bunny, he's been down there almost any free second he's had a chance. Yeah. So this is probably going to be a lot better of a match than anybody thought it was going to be. They're probably still going to ha- hide Bad Bunny for a lot of it. It's going to be uh, Damian Priest going with the majority of the offense. But this is so... And this is such a big setup for Bad Bunny and Damian Priest to win. I've gained a lot of respect for Bad Bunny over over the course of this whole storyline because you know coming into it, I had never really heard his music. I had no interest in the guy until you saw Booker T with him. Yeah, but you can tell that he's really into this. Like mm-hmm. some celebrities come in and it's just kind of a PR thing. They don't really know anything about wrestling. This right. guy really cares. I mean, mm-hmm. you can tell he's been training for this match alone. I mean, he's been putting in work in the gym. So the mm-hmm. fact that he's doing that has gained my respect. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not expecting a five-star match out of this, but I'm expecting some entertaining stuff out, out of Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. I think it'll give Damian Priest a good rub to be with such a big celebrity. Mm-hmm. And The Miz and, and Morrison, they're always good foils for something like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, ex- I'm expecting one of the more entertaining celebrity matches in WrestleMania history. I don't think it's going to be Matt Classic, but if it mm-hmm. can be entertaining for an eight-minute match, I think that it'll accomplish its goal. Oh, yeah, because we have the, uh, I guess, the scale of celebrity matches you have down here with, like, Snooki, yeah. and then you have 
up with Pat McAfee and weirdly enough Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence whenever, Taylor's the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, yeah uh, for WrestleMania, it's definitely Lawrence Taylor and how he was able to go. So shouldn't I, have been the main event, but it was a good celebrity match. <laughs> yeah, it was good, but never should have been the main event. <laughs> but I think it will be a fun match as well. It's going to be one of those where you are very surprised with some of the moves and I and just bad Bunny and Damian Priest. It should be an automatic win. But let's let's go to the two main events. I, they're co-main events for night one, and we'll start off with Bobby Lashley with. MVP taking on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. And this is a scenario where WWE has booked themselves into a corner because they made Bobby Lashley the true almighty. This is, It was final form Bobby Lashley taking the WWE title off of The Miz and the Hurt Business was flowing. Then they broke up the Hurt Business and destroyed a lot of the big flair that made everybody love Bobby Lashley. It should have been kind of the case of what they were doing all the way back in the day. It was like they made the star out of what they did with Stone Cold, and they just made a big, huge, uh, all tents and purposes, bad. That's what they did with Bobby Lashley, and then they broke it all down to now say, this is our guy, Drew McIntyre. We destroyed Bobby Lashley. Now you got to cheer for Drew. And I love Drew half to death. But this should have been Bobby Lashley's time with the Hurt Business. This should be the big takeover for all of them. And now Hurt Business is broken up, and it's just Bobby and MVP. It's about to be the the huge decline of Bobby Lashley, and it's very sad to see. I hate it. I hate that they broke up the Hurt Business. Why is it when WWE has something good, Vince McMahon just gets impatient with it, and it's like, you know what, we should probably end it. When everybody else is like, no, 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 don't do that, Vince. And he's like, I'm sick of it. <laughs> so he gets rid of the Hurt Business. Apparently Bobby Lashley and MVP took like several trips to his office to be mm-hmm. like, please don't break up the Hurt Business. And Vince is like, no, it's over. It's done. Yeah. So just a terrible decision, I think, to break up the Hurt Business, and I think it's really hurt Bobby Lashley. They tried to put Corbin with him just to have a foil, or not a fully foil, but like a lackey yeah. for Drew McIntyre to beat up on, which Corbin, I mean, I hate the guy. I mean, I, he's go-away heat for me, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other can of worms. So I think what this match is intended for is Drew did not get his crowning achievement in last year's WrestleMania because right. of no crowd, and I think they're setting this up to kind of pay him back to get that moment in front of the crowd to win the Big one, and I think Drew's going to win this. Man, you could have worked that in into SummerSlam. That probably would have been the best thing. Let Bobby Lashley have a big run where he takes out a, a couple other big faces because you could have took out, even though I love him, you could have took out Keith Lee, maybe Matt Riddle, some other guys, and then you can crown Drew at SummerSlam, and everybody's probably fine with it. But this is this has so many vibes of Roman Reigns around 2015, 2016, what they were doing with him. And I love Drew to death. that He could be the face, but don't shove him down everybody's face because that's when things start to get bad, even though everybody likes him right now. He can turn for the worst, which I hate to see, and I think everybody else does because Bobby Lashley, we've seen it back in Impact whenever he was the the, the belt collector and he dominated Impact. And we were getting shades of that in WWE. Finally, it took a year to build him up, but he was doing incredible with that, and now you're just going to go back and kind of just destroy everything that you built up with him, and it's very sad. Yeah, I, I don't know. Lashley's never really done much for me. I just mm-hmm. I just don't see it with him. I, I know he's he's got a great look, mm-hmm. can wrestle a little bit, but I don't know. I've never really been impressed with him. So mm-hmm. I and if the crowd comes out and boos Drew McIntyre, I will be legitimately shocked because I, yeah. I don't see McIntyre as like a twenty fifteen reigns because I oh, think no. that the crowd likes the guy himself, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Well, in twenty fifteen, people didn't really like Roman Reigns as the right. person either. So I think that's the difference with those. But I believe in a Drew win this mm-hmm. weekend. I think it'll happen, and I think Bobby will go into a, a whole other storyline with the the hurt business guys, Shelton and Cedric. Yeah, I assume that's where he's going to go. I wish that immediately after this, even though I'm, I can't remember how many months ago we had a roster shakeup, I would so be moving Bobby Lashley over to SmackDown to fight with Roman Reigns. That's what I'd yeah. be doing. And that would just produce money on its own. But the only reason I compare it to Roman Reigns, it's just you're putting him in a lot of these situations where he probably shouldn't be the guy right now. If you give it a little bit of extra time, just like how if you would have let the Daniel Bryan thing calm down around that time, Roman probably would have been fine. If you let the Bobby Lashley part calm down right now and you wait about six months, it would be completely fine. But besides that, everybody does love Drew. I like Drew. Drew is an incredible superstar, and he's going to do great again as now what would be a three-time WWE champion? 
I, I believe that's what yes, it would be. Yes, because he, he won it at Mania, lost it to Orton in the fall, won it back, lost it to Lashley, right? Mm. Oh, lost it to the Miz in the transition. Lost it to Miz, Miz loses to Lashley, and then my, if he gets it back, yes, it would be three. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm... I have a lot of faith in Drew to continue to be the flag bearer because he's already done it for such a long time, and he hopefully it's a better reign than it was with Orton, and you keep him yeah. away from. Most likely, you hope that Orton gets written off for a couple months when he goes up against the Fiend, but we'll get to that for night two. Uh, the the other co-main event for night one it is the SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks taking on the Royal the Women's Royal Rumble Royal Rumble winner Mouthful and Bianca Belair. Yeah, easy for me to say, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited for this one. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, Levi. I mean, I understand why they're putting it in the main event spot, but yeah. I don't think the build to this has deserved a main event slot. I think it's more of a mm-hmm. PR thing. That's just my take. I have no hate on the yeah. parties involved, but I think the build for Becky versus Ronda versus Charlotte for WrestleMania 35, the build for that fit the main event of WrestleMania. The build for this doesn't fit the main event of WrestleMania for me, at least. Let's be honest. You go through all these matches, besides Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge, none of these matches feel like WrestleMania matches. Let's just call it what it is. Or at least main events. Or at least main events. But, I mean, all these builds feel like we're going towards extreme rules or we're going towards fast lane. It doesn't feel like we're going towards WrestleMania, which hurts a lot. And I think we, we all know that Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, two amazing superstars, their build might be the worst build out of all of these matches because it was really dumb because they were like, oh, can they coexist for coexist for a tag team while they were going after the tag team titles for no apparent reason? And then you threw Reginald in there. It was very, very, very dumb. But I mean, this match will be a this will be a great match. Probably the best female match on the card. Maybe Rhea Ripley versus Asuka could do good in night two. But I really think this is going to be something where you could see Dave Meltzer then saying that this could be a five-star match depending on how long they let this go. And I think you got to give the belt to Bianca Belair. I think yeah. it just makes yeah. the most sense because you built her up this far. Why not go all the way and give it to Bianca? And then the weird thing also is you look th- through this card, Bailey is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Maybe she interferes somehow in this match. But I got to give it to Bianca Belair for, to get her first title. It, just in general, title in WWE. She never won anything in NXT. So this will be her first title. Yep. And I think if they can capture the magic that Sasha and Bailey did at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn six years ago, I think that's what they're going to try to aim for is that level of match because that still to this day is the best women's match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with actually, for that matter, one of the best matches, period, that I've ever seen. So, I mean, both of these girls can go. We'll just see how the crowd reacts. Will the crowd be tired by then? I think WWE's doing a favor to these girls by making it, you know, splitting up three hours each night so mm-hmm. the crowd won't be as restless by the time that this match comes around. Right. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes. I, my problem with the whole build is just neither of them have been really likable for me. I don't know. Yeah. Bianca's kind of a cocky face. And Sasha is just, I don't know, can't make her mind up what she is sometimes. She's so. just a full-on tweener and cannot be- <laughs> decide between either way. So I I don't, I think it will be Bianca's crowning moment, but even if it isn't, I'm just hoping for a good match to cap off the night. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for as well, and it'll be a banger of night one. And then night two, it it also has a lot of potential. We'll, we'll start off with the bottom, whether with uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus the winner of the tag team turmoil match. Uh, for you, it would be the Riot Squad. For me, it would be uh, Naomi and Lana. I think either way, the title has to come off of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. doesn't matter who the winner of this is because this might be the worst part in WWE right now is the women's tag team division. Even though you have way more teams than the men do, the storylines are dreadful. They are purely dreadful and opinion you've formed up a lot of tag teams whether they are makeshift tag teams or actually good established tag teams whether it's the riot squad whether whether it's mandy rose and dana brooke you've got a lot of tag teams here but the the storylines which half the time it's none but with the ones with reginald and having him involved it doesn't make this thing make this division feel actually whole or half the time watchable so I think the way you can help reset that a little bit is you give it to some new champions and let them run for it for a while. Yeah, I mean, if we're going with who I picked earlier for the turmoil match, the the Riot Squad versus this team, 
I think it will be the Riot Squad. But okay. ultimately, what I think this match is going to be, unfortunately, is a come down match. You know, in between two high interest yeah. matches. You know, if they put it in between the Fiend and Randy Orton, right. and before transitioning to another, you know, kind of regular. A match like with mm-hmm. Big E or Apollo. I just see this as kind of a not a bathroom break match, mm-hmm. but if you had to pick a bathroom break match on this card for the second night, this one would be it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Nia Jax just can't go. Shayna Baszler, her stock has gone down, and mm-hmm. then I don't know. I I think the Riot Squad will win, but if it goes anything over eight minutes, I won't really be enjoying it that much. Yeah, I won't be enjoying it. Period. I I'm just not interested in the women's tag team division because it has been so poorly built. The smart thing would be because even though you saw in the tag team turmoil match that there that it was teased that it is Carmella and Billy Kay, why not put Peyton Royce and Billy Kay back together? Yes. And because the Iconics were the best thing about the division, they were, and you just broke them up for no reason. Really. And it's really, really sad. It's like the Hurt Business, man. They can't they can't keep anything good for long. Pretty much. That is the WWE motto half the time. <laughs> and it is painful to watch week in and week out. But let's move on to another match that could steal night two. Uh, Riddle taking on Sheamus for the United States title. Riddle's title win, of course, that came off the, the heels of everything that happened with Bobby Lashley. But he's been having a lot of decent matches on Monday Night Raw. And he's been defending the title pretty decently. And this could be an opportunity to give Sheamus another title since he's really, besides Drew McIntyre, he hasn't had much going on so far on Raw. And I really wish that he would stayed on SmackDown and win for the IC title since that's the last title he has left to hold in WWE. But for with this match, I really think that they should keep it on Matt Riddle because he has just gotten this reign. And yes, you may want to transition it over to Sheamus and maybe have some new fresh faces with the title going into this upcoming year. But I think with such a young talent as Riddle is, compared compared to the rest of the roster with how young Riddle is, I think it would make a lot of sense for him to take it into this next year of storylines uh, with this big championship win at WrestleMania. I think Riddle will win as well. I think Sheamus is a good matchup for him. It's going to be hard hitting. It's probably going to be the stiffest match of the night, which for non-wrestling fans listening, that means they'll actually probably hit each other at times Mm. (laughs) where they'll actually, you know, may cause some bruises. That means Sheamus will go from the pale white skin he has to most likely beat red. Yes, exactly, because both of these guys do have a history of legitimate fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it'll be, I don't know if it will steal the show, but I think it'll be good for what it is. Yeah, it'll it'll be a good match, and... I don't think you can go wrong with whoever wins the title, honestly. But this match to me has the most curiosity because of the caveat on it. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Without uh, Logan Paul, this would usually, on almost any type of circumstance, be an incredible match. I am very curious, though, how much of a factor Logan Paul is going to play into all of this because it's it's such a weird add-on to this. You didn't need him for this. You could have just had a face Kevin Owens versus a heel Sami Zayn because I have not seen that before. That is a that is a uh, piece out of the playbook we have never seen before, and that would just be interesting to see as a dynamic. You didn't need Logan Paul here. You know, Levi, being a wrestling fan can be the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> this is on that level. So let's go in the time machine back to, you know, let's say 2012. Yeah. You find a Ring of Honor fan, right? And you're like, okay, hear me out. Nine years from now at WrestleMania, Kevin Steen and El Generico are going to be on the card, which is, of course, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's old monikers. Mm-hmm. And the fans are like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't wait for nine years from now. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's also going to be a YouTube star in the corner of Sami Zayn who has a history of, like, filming dead people on his YouTube. Uh, he has a lot of baggage, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> Logan Paul does. It's Logan Paul, right? Not Jake Paul. I always no. get the two confused. It oh, is Logan too, it's Paul. It's baggage for either one. Yes. So. so, and then the fans are like, oh, well, why would they do that? And you're like, welcome to WWE in 2021. Anyways, that that's my big gripe with this match. I wish in a perfect world Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be given, you know, half an hour to just tear the roof off the building but i don't know i hope logan paul kind of stays in a corner mm-hmm. doesn't do anything and just lets these guys wrestle but i fear levi i fear that this is gonna be a logan paul takeover type of match where he is just front and center of this whole thing 
and you don't really get what you want out of Owens and Zane. Like out of every 20 camera cuts that they do every five seconds, like all of them are at Logan oh, Paul. Gosh, it's going to, I can tell it. This is going to be the match that will make my blood boil on oh, yeah. Sunday night. I just, I hope WWE does the right thing, but I don't have faith. Yeah, I, I really hope they do the right thing as well. And what you're saying is basically stick him in a corner and be like, hey, I'm here every once in a while. Yeah. But I have a feeling he's going to interfere because he also does have a background of his own of, of wrestling. And so he's he's got a little bit of background on him, but that doesn't mean he should get involved anywhere in this match. I To me, because this is also a match that really hasn't been built that well, it's probably going to be one of those where they're going to have another match at Extreme Rules and yep. vice versa. So I I guess since Jake Paul's in the corner of Sami Zayn, he's probably going to have some kind of interference, and I'm going to give the win to Sami. Logan. Logan Paul, Levi. Logan Paul. It doesn't it, matter yeah, to tomato, me. Tomato, tomato, right tomato, now. Tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah. I Losing to KSI, losing to someone else. I think it'll be a fishy win for Sami Zayn as well, but my ultimate goal at this match is I hope that KO just at some point hits Logan Paul with a chair or something. That's That's just my hope in all of this. I just need, for some reason, somehow, Kevin Owens to bring back the pile driver yeah. the pile driver that he always used to use that is now frequently used by pentagon over in yeah. AEW. i need it brought back here and then maybe eventually he turns back to heel again but that pile driver is so amazing yeah i agree package pile driver is package, that what you're referring to yes, yes the package pile driver just do that to logan paul real quick for me on top of the announce table and i, w- I won't complain about the match That's, that is one of my favorite wrestling moves it is amazing but it's just one of those matches to where it needs more built and i assume it will get some more Two extreme rules, but now let's move to a really interesting match with the Intercontinental Championship on the line as champion Big E will be taking on Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum fight match. I have no idea what we're in store for right here. Yeah, well, another side note, Wally, Wally, excuse me, is that how you say it? Wale the rapper? Wale. Wale. I didn't mean to say the Pixar character. <laughs> he's He's going to perform Big E's entrance theme live. That's which, true. Which is going to be exciting. I, I'm really looking forward to that. But mm-hmm. Big E versus Apollo Crews with Apollo Crews' new hill, Nigerian prince, Mentality. Where was yes. this in 2016 when he was just a smiling baby face? That's besides the point. It took points. him half a decade to develop. <laughs> Why that, did man? it take this long? Because he was doing nothing for years. But I don't know. I'm intrigued by this because mm-hmm. I like the new character of Apollo Cruz. I think Biggie could be a little bit more serious right now than what he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's keeping him from the main event. But I think these are two guys that are trying to grab the spotlight, right. trying to be on the rise. And we'll see if their styles mesh well together. But I will say, out of all the matches on night two, this might be the one I'm intrigued by the most. Yeah, just because this is one that, to me, can throw a curveball at a lot of people. I'm going to take Apollo Crews winning this, and he's going to take the IC title. And At least now it took five years to win both the U.S. and IC title within about a year span time. That's what he was able to do for 2020-2021. But I think there's just so many things that you could pull out of this new heel act, and it just draws my interest. Plus, that means you might be able to get a little bit more aggression out of Big E, because I do agree he needs a little bit more. I don't mind him being that fun-loving guy sometimes, but he needs just a tiny bit more aggression. He is showing that in some moments he can be extremely aggressive with things, but then sometimes it comes off a little corny a little bit, how he then turns to like a pastor voice for a little bit, and I'm I can feel that aggression a little bit, but also it feels weird sometimes. But I think I want to go with Apollo Cruz, and it'll and I think that this would be another thing that you could drag out to Extreme Rules. Yeah, yeah, I I agree as well. This is probably a multi month program. Oh yeah, and I think it to me th- out of all of the matches on here, this is the one that I'd be willing to dr- draw out into a, a multi month program because you could make both of these guys even bigger stars, and that's the main thing you want to get out of this. Because I think eventually with Big E, if you keep building him for the rest of the year. He might eventually be able to go for a WWE universe or Universal title, maybe. And I think that's what everybody's kind of hoping for. But the other match that, to me, could bring out a lot of curiosities, depending on how things go, uh, it's the uh, Crispy Toaster Fiend with with Alexa Bliss taking on Randy Orton. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, what, about three, four months ago, uh, the Fiend was burnt alive in what was uh, like in basically an Inferno match. And he was burnt alive, came back a little bit ago as now uh, the Fiend, but as a toaster. Uh, he's been stuck in the toaster for a little bit too long. He's 
crispy and burnt and and Alexa Alexa Bliss and the Fiend Bray Wyatt are still going after Randy Orton. This is one uh, match that to me has lost a lot of its luster because of how long it's been going on for. Yeah. And I don't really find there being any way, shape, or form that Randy Orton wins. If he does, then I think some something big happens after that writes him off for a couple months. But I, I got to go with Bray Wyatt because Randy Orton, if he wins, there's nothing really that I think he gains from it. I think if he loses, nothing happens for him. If he gain, if he wins, nothing's really gained. It's about a middle ground for Randy Orton, but I think The Fiend has the most to win out of this. So a funny story about when The Fiend got burned alive by Randy Orton. That was one of the first and only wrestling programs my girlfriend has watched with me so far, and it ended with a guy being burned alive, and I'm like, I promise this doesn't happen every episode. Like, this isn't normal. And she's like, what are you, what are you, what's your hobby, Sam? And I'm like, well, I, you know, sometimes it's embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. But anyways, that's besides the point. I was going to say, you picked the worst time to do that. (laughs) But then again, that is how it usually works whenever you want to introduce somebody WWE usually throws the worst curveballs in at the worst time to make things terrible. So with this match, it's listed right now as just a plain old singles match, which doesn't make any sense to me. A man has been burned alive, and they're like, you know what? Let's sanction this as a regular singles match at WrestleMania. (laughs) But uh, uh, as for the results of the match, I mean, the Fiends, I mean, does it really lose anything if he loses? Does Randy Orton really gain anything if he wins? I don't think the result of this match is what matters. I nah. think it's the the journey of this match. I'm hoping that it turns into a Firefly Funhouse type match that yes. Bray Wyatt had with John Cena last year. Uh, if, it, if it turns into something like that, I will love it because I love the Firefly Funhouse match. But if it's just a regular singles match, I just hope to see some creepy stuff and just, you know, get it over with. You're talking about restroom break match? This might be my restroom break match really? depending on how things go. Yes, because... That's what we're all hoping for. Let's be honest. We're both hoping that this turns into a Firefly Funhouse match. Because if not, I mean, most likely it's going to be Bray Wyatt squashing Randy Orton. And he's going to go how The Fiend used to do where he took no hits and just ends up destroying Randy Orton. That's a good point. But I'm hoping, I'm hopeful, I'm an optimist, Levi, that this is going to be something better than what (laughs) practically it might be right now. But we'll see. I mean, I would love to be an optimist, but after the, what, basically decade of watching WWE wrestling, uh, they kicked that out of me by now. That's true. Because we both started watching wrestling around the same point, and so we know what to expect. All right, let's finish off the card, because I believe we only got about two more matches to cover. Asuka, the champion, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Rhea Ripley. They could have had a bigger story going into this match, because it is for the Raw Women's title. You could talk about how Asuka truly has been invisible for the past couple months, how Rhea uh, was the runner-up for the Women's Royal Rumble, and instead they just kind of, oh, sprung it last second because this was supposed to be Charlotte Flair taking on Asuka at WrestleMania. Asuka most likely losing her title because they don't really care about Asuka. And then once uh, Charlotte Flair, whether, I, I can't remember, was it COVID? And then there was also talking about how she's doing a remake of Walking Tall and... It's a lot of things. It's a lot of various things, and so she's out for WrestleMania. Then they were going to put Lacey Evans in, and turns out she's actually pregnant. Yeah. And for a second, we were like, oh, is, is this kayfabe pregnant? It's like, no, she's actually pregnant. It's like, oh, okay, so she's out. And so Rhea Ripley was basically option C, which really was the best option to go with. Yeah. It's just everybody lo- at WWE loves Charlotte Flair. But this is a perfect match to make a new star in Rhea Ripley. I wish Asuka would be a big star, but WWE really doesn't believe in her. So I think with this, you just got to go full force, make it probably about 20 minutes of a match, but have Rhea Ripley come out as the big star holding the Raw Women's title. Yeah, so with the lead-up of this match, you mentioned everything Charlotte went through. She also had a pregnancy scare. I don't know if you heard about that That's one. That's right, yeah. Uh, as well as her boyfriend, Andrade, has left the company, so that probably didn't make any friends backstage. No. So. A lot of factors went into Charlotte not being in this match. We'll just we'll put it at that. Uh, of course, I'm sure in the booking committee they're like, "Well, crap, man, we got to have Oscar face somebody." Mm-hmm. Lacey Evans is pregnant. Who else do we got? They checked the tag team turmoil match of all those participants. They're like, none of these girls will do it. No. So we'll have to get Rhea Ripley. And uh, if Ripley beat Charlotte at last year's WrestleMania, I'd be more excited about this because 
that would mean, I don't know, our star power is higher. But I, I was really wanting this to be a triple threat match. I was wanting it to be Asuka versus Charlotte versus Rhea. Yeah. And then it would still work out that Rhea would pin Asuka because nobody pins the Charlotte Flair. But it would have worked out the best if that were to happen, and I know they would never do it, but if Rhea pins Charlotte, because that way it's redemption for what happened at WrestleMania, and then also not being able to regain the NXT title and being pinned by Io Shirai. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited for this one, to mm -hmm. be honest. I, I think Asuka will retain. It'll probably be a 12-minute match. Yeah. Rhea was just kind of a fill-in. If they pull a, a, a Braun Strowman WrestleMania 36 and make the fill-in girl the champion... Oh, with Rhea, maybe that goes somewhere, but I think Asuka is going to retain. I, I could see that, but tell me it just doesn't make so much sense that Rhea ends up winning the title, and then, of course, you have the rematch at Extreme Rules, but then after, guess who comes back through the door with the robe, Charlotte Flair, she's saying that title is mine, and then you have an all-out war between the two, and you get give, hopefully you give Rhea her redemption. A WWE, WWE most likely wouldn't. They'd give it back to Charlotte Flair. But that would be a perfect story to work into. But yeah, I mean, I, they should put you booking shows, Levi. These all sound really good follow ups. Here's the thing: to a lot of these matches, we all, we both of us could be better bookers than what they've got <laughs> over there. Let's let's not even front on it, that. It's a lot of politics. That's what it is. It is it is very much a very big political game. If this was a real podcast where we like take this on for various months, we would break this down so hard. Yeah. But uh, there's too many backstage politics to where. Charlotte would always end up as a champion at some point. But then let's finish off this card, all of WrestleMania, with the best booked match out of everybody. It is Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, of course, going to be by his side versus the Royal Rumble winner for the men's edge versus Daniel Bryan, triple threat match for the Universal title I'm glad that they made this a triple threat match because it was getting to the point with we know how Daniel Bryan, this is his last contract it's going to be. I think it's expiring either sometime this year or late next year. And so you're going to get one big final run out, out of Daniel Bryan. And this is the perfect match because it's another one of those things where he was forcing his way into a title hunt, just kind of like how it was all the way back in the day. But since there's a little bit more urgency with his potential retirement and going to be more of a part-time type of guy, uh, it was I think it was great to put him in here, and you've gotten a little bit more out of edge, and he's become a little bit more unhinged to where he was back around the 2010 days and back whenever he was prime edge. And then, of course, you have the Tribal Chief, and, and Roman Reigns, too, has had an excellent run as a universal title. It's the first time you can say Roman Reigns, an excellent run with the top title. But the way they finally made him a heel, you got a little heel stable forming. Uh, I love what they've done with, with Roman. Here's the thing. I don't think you can go wrong with whoever wins the title. Originally, I didn't like Edge winning the Royal Rumble, but with his production that he's had over the past couple weeks, I'm completely fine with it. It's not like Goldberg to where he's chunk chunking out terrible matches. Edge is back to his same Edge qualities where it's a lot of decent matches. So I'm fine with whoever wins this, but I think for the best setup, I'm going to keep keep it with Roman because I think you keep it on him for the rest of the year, and I know that sounds very crazy. You build it up to the next WrestleMania where you have it Roman Reigns versus The Rock because Vince wants that way too much. Yeah, that's, of course, on the condition that The Rock would be allowed to wrestle with that, all of his movie deals. That's very true. Uh, one note I will say about this match, I saw it somewhere. This is the match between three guys that at one point in their career were told they were not going to be able to wrestle anymore. That's Between true. Edge and his neck problems, I believe. Yes. Daniel Bryan's concussions. Both of them were retired for a while. And mm -hmm. then Roman Reigns, of course, had a relapse with leukemia. So at one point, he didn't know if he was ever going to be able to wrestle again. That's right. So there's a lot of personal stories behind this match, which as a, a, a diehard wrestling fan, I think plays even more context into the, even the storyline match itself. Right. Uh, so it's just really nice to see all of these guys on the stage at this point in time, I'm excited for that, just for the human beings playing these roles. Mm -hmm. uh, as for the storyline match itself, Roman the dominant heel, Edge kind of the tweener right now, showing a heelish edge, right. uh, pun intended. <laughs> and then Daniel Bryan, kind of his last ride before he goes in and becomes a dad, or a full-time dad, I should say. He's already a dad. Full-time dad, part-time wrestler. Yeah, exactly. So... I will – I don't know who's going to win this, Levi. I think they're going to put it on edge mm -hmm. as a redemption story all the way around. 
Um, but Daniel Bryan is 1-0 in WrestleMania main event triple threat matches for a world title. Roman Reigns is 0-1 in WrestleMania main event uh, world title matches. Edge is also 0-1 in main event WrestleMania world title matches. Triple threat, I should say, against Big Show and, and Cena, WrestleMania 25, right? Yeah, it's not his fault, though, that John Cena turns into the Incredible Hulk <laughs> and loses both him and Big Show at the same time. So history dictates Daniel Bryan has more success in these types of matches uh but i think it's gonna be on it's gonna go to edge or reigns i think brian's just kind of there yeah he's there to take the pin unfortunately uh, that, that's what i think it is that's that's what is so happening for daniel bryan and i mean he's had an incredible career it wouldn't surprise me if like somewhere along the way he picks up the intercontinental title one more time uh, takes it from apollo after apollo has a decent reign but I think it either has to go to Roman Reigns or Edge. It also wouldn't surprise me if you give it to Edge and then, like, you have Edge versus Reigns all the way to, like, SummerSlam and then Reigns gets it back there. And then you try to build up to The Rock, and if The Rock doesn't make it, you fill in with someone else. But I think no no matter what down the line, you're trying to get Reigns versus The Rock if Rock with the movie deals com- works out fine, which I think, knowing The Rock, he has a very busy schedule, but... For Vince McMahon, he's willing to open up some dates. So I think they're going to ha- try at most. That's the big priority for next WrestleMania. So with that in mind, I'm really going to try to push it for Roman to keep the title. Plus, this is the first time I've enjoyed a Roman Reigns title reign, and so I want it to stay. I want a more, a more of these matches where it's heavily based on story, uh, especially with how they were doing with Jey Uso. Those matches, even though technically weren't like the best wrestling matches, some of the action and the story that was going on in there was some of the best wrestling I've seen from WWE in such a long time. And I want that to continue happening because if they don't automatically pair Jimmy back with that, you could do the same exact thing and have Jimmy versus Jay, and that would be extremely entertaining. And then in, insert Roman in there. That's where things could get very, very fun for WWE. Yeah, I, I'm just excited for WrestleMania weekend, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, we... We still had it last year, but it, it was... It wasn't the same, it, it just wasn't the same. I mean, I'm glad that they were able to do it in such a weird time last year, but this one will be the first one with some sense of normality to it with how much people they're putting in Raymond James Stadium. So I'm just excited for it all around just as a as a wrestling fan, and hopefully they deliver, man. Hopefully it's not like WrestleMania 9 or something like that, you know, where yeah. it, it just gets crapped on afterwards. Yeah, hopefully. This has the makings to be... Honestly, one of the better WrestleManias of all time, depending on how they work out the booking and how these matches turn out. But I'm with you. Extremely excited, and it's going to be a fabulous weekend. But that is it from us here for Sam Henderson and Levi Peckinpah. Have a great day and have a fun WrestleMania. <laughs>